This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons, and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get started on today's episode, if there's a case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com, and don't forget to check out our other show, Unsolved Mayhem. Um, you know, we're covering all kinds of stuff on there, Unsolved, True Crime, Cryptids, you name it, it's on there. If there's no answer to it, we're covering that. That stuff said, Sarah, who are we talking about today? So today we're going to talk about a girl named Erin Marie Gilbert. And like I said last week, her case to me is weird. But also, I think people kind of know what happened. Unlike last week's where it was just like, huh? With the the who, with the what? You had like nothing. Right. Erin Gilbert was born May 4th, 1971. In 1994, at 23 years old, she was living in San Francisco, California with her dad when her sister Stephanie asked her to move to Anchorage, Alaska. That's a big change. That's what I was going to say. That's a big move. Stephanie's husband traveled a lot, so she asked Aaron to move in with them and their two children on the Elmdorf Air Force Base. Don't come at me if I didn't say that right. So he was in the Air Force, Stephanie's husband. She wanted her sister to come live with her so she didn't have to be alone all the time. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. Have family. Erin came to Anchorage and got a job as a nanny for a family that Stephanie knew. She had plans to enroll in cosmetology school. She was described as very kind and confident. She enjoyed reading and, like, her ultimate dream was to write a book. Hey, it's a pretty good dream. Yeah, pretty good no, dream I to have. That's my ultimate dream. You just gotta have time. Aaron liked to go to this bar in Anchorage called the Chilkoot Charlies, but the locals called it Coots. Okay. In the summer of 1995, while at Coots, Aaron met a guy named David Combs, and we're just gonna call him Dave from here on out, because that's what he went by, Dave. 
The two exchanged phone numbers, but nothing really came of this until June 30th when they ran into each other again at Coots. At this meeting, they decided to make a date for the next night to go to the annual Girdwood Forest Fair. So this fair is kind of described like our, uh, what is it called? Hills Festival, something festival. Oh, Festival of Little Hills. Festival it's like a craft fair. Hills. Yeah, it's like like an antique. Yeah. So uh, this this craft fair. This fair. Situation. It was started in the 1970s by local artists that wanted to sell their artwork. Okay. The fair features. It still goes on today, and it features like handcrafted items. Um, artists from like all over Alaska, exotic foods and entertainment, and they have like a beer garden, you know, nice. yeah. it's a little big festival. Now, I wanted to give you kind of an idea of what Girdwood was like to like paint a picture of this place, okay? All right, so Girdwood is a resort town within the southern extent of the municipality of Anchorage. So it's part of Anchorage, but not. It's like a a suburb just outside of Anchorage. Right. And it's a small little place that is usually busy. It's like a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's a resort town. Okay. A lot of people traveling in and out of there. It lies in a valley in the southwestern, I'm going to take a guess at this, Chugok Mountains. It's surrounded by seven glaciers Ooh, damn. that feed into several creeks, and these creeks converge within either the valley itself or in the turnigan arm of, a, of the Cook Inlet. So it's pretty... It's pretty much wilderness all around this area. Right. It sounds beautiful, though. Yeah. Oh, I looked at pictures. Really cool. It's absolutely beautiful. But from where this fairground is, it's in the middle of wilderness. Like, completely surrounding where they have this festival or fair is just what woods Forest. and mountains. Nice. When... I looked it up on the map. There's really not a lot around here except for this small town. And I could only find the current population, not what it was in the 90s. But currently, there's only like 2,000 people that live Mm, there. That's still a pretty small town. Mm -hmm. And also, I figured it would make it more helpful if you knew that the weather this time of in July in this area was typically around 65 for the high and 49 for the low. Oh, nice. So basically their summertime is our fall weather. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Just a little bit of crisp in the, during the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Summertime is t-shirt weather, t-shirt and pants, nighttime still hoodie weather. Like all summer long, it's campfire season. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, but the winters would suck. Yeah, the winters would suck. Says you. 
I like snow better than rain. But anyway, if we're not talking about me and Smetha, we're talking about Aaron and this Dave character. So Dave picked Aaron up at her house on July 1st, 1995. So the very next day. He got there around 4 p.m. And the fairgrounds were about an hour away. Stephanie, her sister, told Dateline, quote, We met him when he came to the house. I remember my husband asking him to take off his sunglasses. And she said, I think it was to get a good look at him, but it was also like a respect thing. Okay. Now, Stephanie's four-year-old son actually told Aaron she should take a cell phone with her. Like the old school giant phones is what they had in the 90s. But she told him she was okay and she didn't need it. And the pair took Dave's car and arrived at the fair around 5 p.m. It's confirmed that they both arrived at the fair? It is not confirmed. Yeah. There is one thing that's confirmed, but it is not confirmed when they actually arrived. I'm just saying, is it confirmed that they actually arrived? They did go to the fair. Okay. Both of them showed up. Well, we know at least Aaron was there. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, of course, what happens next, we only know because of Dave's statement to investigators in 1995, after Aaron was reported missing by her sister. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dave said that they decided to leave the fair around 6 p.m. So they headed back to his car. The lights on his car had been left on because I guess in Alaska, even in the daytime, there's certain areas where you have to have your lights on. Makes sense. And he claimed to have forgot to turn them off. So his car wouldn't start. He told Aaron he had a friend that lived in the area, so she, he told her to wait in the car, and he would walk to his friends to get help starting the car. Now, he told investigators that he was gone for two hours and could not find the house, so he just decided to walk back to the fairgrounds. When he got back, Aaron was no longer in the car. He said... He got in and tried starting the car again, and it started immediately. Well, of course it did. Then, or this is when he decided to go look around for Aaron, thinking she might have gone back to the fair, 
like while he because he was gone for so long like mm-hmm. who's gonna sit like if his story is true who's gonna sit in a car for two hours right when there's a fair happening and you can just go walk around and look at stuff but anyway he couldn't find her but instead of leaving the fair he decided he was just gonna hang out at the fair after this until it closed even though he was planning to leave at six o'clock yeah originally. i mean that definitely holds up makes a lot of sense doesn't make any sense to me i'm not following I don't see why. I don't know. I think he's full of shit. <laughs> right. Like, if you needed assistance with your car, like, your car needed to be jumped because the battery was obviously dead because the lights got left on. You're at a fair, fairgrounds, mm-hmm. lots of people there, plenty you, of other cars. That you could ask for I'm help. sure somebody would have jumper cables, at least one person. Yep. And then on top of that, Good plans to leave, but now that the person you came with is, is MIA disappeared. and you know your car will run, you no longer need to leave. Hmm. Very odd. It is very odd. Well, now at 7 a.m. the next morning, Dave called Stephanie to see if Aaron made it home. Stephanie told Dateline that he was very casual on the phone, like it was weird. And, but because of where Aaron's bedroom was in their house, Stephanie was like, okay, hold on just a second. Maybe she came in and I missed her. Mm -hmm. So she went to her room to check and she said, absolutely not. There was no way she slept at home that night. Stephanie said Aaron was not the type to stay out all night and not call her somehow to let her know where she was going to be. Like, pay, yeah, pay phone, something. Right. So, Stephanie was immediately worried. Her and her husband drove to the fairgrounds and searched all around the area, including in the forest for Aaron, but found nothing. This is when she called Alaskan State Troopers and filed a missing persons report. So, the troopers did a more extensive search for Aaron on foot, and with canine units, and they use helicopters. Because at first, for a brief period of time, they believed, like, maybe she got lost in the woods somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But when they found no sign of her, they quickly decided that that was not the case. With all those people around, they were like, "Mm, I don't see her just leaving the fair and walking into the woods that would make no sense yeah and not a single solitary person recalling it seeing it right any of that kind of stuff now witnesses did come forward and say they saw aaron at the beer tent at 6 p.m which is the time that dave said they were walking back to his car to leave people actually saw her getting beer at the beer tent but then no one has come forward to report seeing her after that. Did these reports happen to say if Dave was with her? They did not. Stephanie went back to Girdwood regularly to search for her sister and to post flyers, but nothing ever came of it. And because her husband was in the Air Force, they had to relocate to Washington in 1996 but even then, she any free time that she had, she would go to, Ang- to Girdwood, Alaska and look for her sister. Unfortunately, Aaron's case went cold pretty quickly. 
and a lieutenant named Randy McFerrin with the Alaskan State Troopers Cold Case Unit said that they have not received any new tips in years. They have not publicly named a suspect in Aaron's disappearance, but have tried multiple times to reach out to Dave Combs for questioning. Ooh, that dude ain't going to cooperate anymore. They Not even... Not for all this time. No. And they told, like, the officer said on Dateline, like, he's the last person to see her as far as they know. He gave a few initial statements when she disappeared, but anytime they've tried to call him or reach out to him, he won't respond. Respond. Yeah, not surprised. Her sister points out he never helped look for Aaron during any of the searches, and initially he was asked to take a polygraph test, and he said no. And even multiple news outlets have like tried to reach out to him for statements, and he will not talk to them. Aaron's family believes she is deceased, and uh, I kind of believe that as well at this point. And even the troopers think she met with foul play, but without being able to find her, there is not a lot they can do. Because they don't have any proof that evidence that's enough for them to like come after Dave harder, search his vehicle, anything like that. Right. And like a lot of the news outlets said that no one could even find him anymore. Like now he's in his like 50s, early 60s, and no one. Like, I think even Dateline tried to find him and couldn't even locate him. Mm. Now, there was some things on the Facebook page that claimed that people saw Dave at the fair with another guy also, but none of that can be confirmed or denied because he won't talk. And they have no proof that there was another guy involved. Hmm. This one's, like, super, like, you're in the Alaskan wilderness. Yeah, she could be anywhere. Anywhere. And, like, let's just say for shits and giggles, like, your story is true and you left. And she stayed in the car and someone else came along and did something to her. Because that was a theory for a little while, but everybody keeps going but there were so many people at the fair, they would have heard her screaming or seen somebody trying to snatch her out of a car. Yeah. And a lot of people point out, like, the only confirmed, and it's not even really confirmed, because it could have been a totally different girl that was seen at the beer garden that just looked like her. Yeah. Yeah, they could have technically never even made it to the Never even went to the fair. And he just went there after the fact. To have like an alibi. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot there, and but it yeah, it's all speculation. Yeah. It's well, and at this point, there's not even a way to confirm anything. No, no. At the time of her disappearance, Erin had a short brown bobbed haircut. She was five eleven, weighed 145 pounds. Oh, yeah. With hazel eyes. She has a large blue flower tattooed on her chest, 
and she was last seen wearing a leather jacket, a black and white striped shirt, black jeans, and brown boots. Now, in 2017, her family was offering a $35,000 reward for information that led them to Aaron, but I do not know if that reward is still being offered. Couldn't find anything that was saying it was still a thing. Yeah. Uh, But if you have any information, you can call the Alaskan State Troopers at 907-269-5511. All right. Well, like you said, if you know anything, get in contact with them. Um, If there's a case that you want to hear on the show, like I said at the beginning, send that to our email, speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us five stars so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want bonus episodes, not all of them are missing persons, just general bonus episodes of the three of us just recording and having fun. Check out our Patreon. That's linked in our show notes, episode notes, um, all the places. Yeah. Any final thoughts? I would say don't go on dates, but that's not possible. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, in order to meet people. (laughs) Make sure, make sure, you know, you bring your cell phone with you and someone knows where you are, where you're going, who you're with, their contact information. Check in. Yeah, check in. Be safe about it. Be cautious. That's a rough one. Yep. All right. We'll see y'all back next week. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye.